identifying leadership potential and developing it is critical to the growth and sustainability of any business, whether you're a startup or a grown-up business. How do you find the sparks that can transform your company in magical ways? My next guest, Sean Lynch, has some answers. This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner, giving you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Brought to you by Business MO LLC. Sean Lynch helps CEOs, executive teams, and frontline managers achieve exceptional results and lasting change in their organization through leadership development. Before he started developing leaders at companies like Facebook, Accenture, Marathon Oil, and the United Way as a senior consultant at LeadStar, Sean served in the United States Air Force as an F-16 fighter pilot, where he received intensive leadership training from the very beginning of his enlistment. The military invests thousands of leadership training hours in every single service member because when lives are on the line, it's crucial that each of them has the confidence, commitment, and drive to see results through at all costs. After he got out of the military, Sean turned to the airline industry. That's a natural fit for an Air Force veteran, and he became a commercial pilot. But as part of that transition to the private sector, he discovered that leadership development was mostly reserved for the upper ranks and a few high-potential employees. With his itch of leadership development still needing to be scratched, he then joined LeadStar, where he now delivers actionable, practical, and engaging content, whether facilitating a team session, giving a keynote address, or conducting a workshop. But the nagging feeling that most business professionals are at a disadvantage when faced with challenge and change, whether at work or in life, because they simply don't have access to leadership development that he received in the military, led him to co-author a new book called Spark. How to Lead Yourself and Others to Greater Success. He and his co-authors say that anyone can and should develop leadership capabilities to reach their full potential and contribute their best. The key to becoming a spark or cultivating sparks among your employees lies in developing seven leadership traits, he says, and I can't wait to find out more. So let's bring him on now. Welcome to Business Confidential Now, Sean. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, this is wonderful. You know, when civilians think about the military, you know, images of boot camp and titles and authority come to mind. You know, it's a stereotype of this military leadership. And actually, some private sector organizations, they adopt it to one degree or another. And yet I get the impression that your takeaway from your time in the service is a bit different. What does leadership mean to you? Okay, so that, that's exactly right. People hear that I'm from the military and they think that the military is just people barking orders at one another all the time. I benefited from a great leadership education in the military. Uh, I consider myself an accidental leader. I didn't really join the military knowing a whole lot about leadership. Uh, once I, I served my time in the military, I got out and went into the private sector and just kind of assumed that everybody in the private sector did things similar to the way we did things in the military from a leadership perspective. And unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, you know, we believe things like everybody can be a leader. We can all be leaders in our role. Um, leadership isn't about the title you hold or the position you hold in an organization. It's about your behavior. And, you know, you mentioned that 
that businesses need leaders. The, the, the highest performing organizations have leaders at all levels. And that doesn't mean everybody's the boss. It just means that everybody demonstrates those leadership behaviors. Okay, well, let's talk about some of those leadership behaviors. What are they? Well, how about accountability? You know, in a lot of organizations, when mistakes happen, when challenges arise, or when problems occur, what do we tend to do? We tend to point the finger, or we tend to blame. It's influencing and inspiring to admit, hey, I made a mistake. Uh, I accept responsibility for that. And then going forward, making sure that we don't figure out who to blame, but that we figure out what happened and prevent it from happening again. Well, that sounds good. Taking ownership of a mistake. Yes, you know, for exactly. some people that are, I'll say, leadership positions because they have a title and an authority to go with it and resources to go with it, some of them think that's a sign of weakness. Right. But again, you know, if we think about examples that we've seen in, you know, maybe it's in our organizations, maybe it's in society, when people step up and say, you know what, I accept responsibility for that. That's really influencing and inspiring. And those are the kinds of people that we probably would like to get behind and follow rather than what tends to happen a lot, which is, you know, maybe people throw one another under the bus or the team leader takes credit for all the good things and then points the finger on the mistakes or the challenge or the problems that occur. That's true. The blame game. The blame game. Well, I, the blame I, your, game, yes. Your point is well taken about being inspiring because everybody makes a mistake and some people make more mistakes than exactly. others. And sometimes the consequences are more damaging for cer certain types of mistakes. But at least there's a certain right. honesty associated with, yeah, we messed up. Okay, so how did it happen? Right. How are we going to do fix it? And how are we going to make sure it doesn't happen again? You know, focusing on moving forward instead of pointing fingers, it helps people be more forthcoming because they realize everybody's human right. and everybody makes mistakes. So that is a point well taken. So yeah. let me ask you this. You've co-authored this new book called Spark, How to Lead Yourself and Others right. to Greater Success. And actually, we're going to have a link to that on the episode page at businessconfidentialradio.com. So if you're listening, don't worry. You can always come back to that. It's Spark, How to Lead Yourself and Others to Greater Success. What, in your opinion, is a spark? A spark is somebody who realizes that they can create change. They're the people who realize that they don't just have to take what's given them, that they can influence and inspire folks around them to create the kind of change that they would like to see. You know, and sparks create their own opportunities. They're identified by actions, commitments, and will, not by titles. You know, there's sometimes the people who get things done in an organization. And if you want to just boil it down, sparks are the ones that choose to lead. So they lead in different ways. Right. And, you know, the way we wrote the book Spark was we don't like to just take leadership theory and, you know, toss it out to an organization or to individuals and just say, you know, here's leadership theory. Figure out what this looks like in your, you know, maybe in your business or in your work area or in your industry. 
We like to make leadership recognizable and actionable for people so that people can do things. They can do things that influence and inspire those around them. And again, that's what leadership is. It's not a title. It's not a position. It's just behaviors that influence and inspire and raise performance in the process. There is, though, an awful lot of leadership theory out there. How do you bridge the practical and the theoretical? Because it's one thing to say, have confidence. Okay, but you've got somebody that for a variety of reasons, their confidence has dried up and it may be feedback they've gotten. It may be uh, their upbringing. It could be the business culture that their organization uh, is promoting directly or indirectly. I I, I can appreciate that the mission statement on the wall, it makes it all glorious. They all do. I don't see one that says, yeah, we're terrible. (laughs) They don't, right? Right, exactly. But the reality, when you peel it back, and especially employees that have been working at an organization or a department, sometimes not the whole organization. It could just be a department or a division um, exactly. that is that is struggling because whoever is heading the leaders or heading the group, the team, however large it is, is sending messages that do not encourage people to take leadership or ownership and inspire because maybe they feel threatened by some of their own people. How do you no, exactly. bridge that? And, and, you know, so what we like to do is, first of all, you know, we kind of start with the big picture, which is we think that the highest performing organizations have leaders at all levels. And again, that doesn't mean everybody's the boss. That means everybody demonstrates these leadership behaviors like accountability, credible performance. People serve one another. People deliver empowering feedback. But what we like to do is we research the science and we research the theory And then we turn those uh, theories into actionable things people can do. So you talk about confidence. You know, in the book, we talk about four things people can do to build their confidence. One is experience your success. That means don't attribute your your success to somebody else or to a one-off event. If you do something well, it doesn't mean that you have to high-five everybody around the office, but pat yourself on the back. Say something positive to yourself. Develop those positive self-appraisals. You know, pay attention to your thoughts. We can either be our uh, greatest champion or our worst critic. And, you know, again, sometimes that's what we do to ourselves. We should surround ourselves with positive role models. Sometimes we allow everybody, you know, those bad apples in our organization to influence our confidence. We shouldn't do that. We should find some positive role models, some trusted advisors who we will give access to those precious beliefs we have about ourselves. And then, you know, we need to manage those confidence killing emotions. Nobody is immune to things like fear, worry, and insecurity. Pay attention to those emotions. You know, don't ignore them. Sometimes those emotions are very important. And when you experience things like that, Ask yourself, you know, what can I do about this right now? Determine whether your concerns are real or manufactured. Move yourself to action on things that you can influence and maintain perspective on those things that you can't change. So again, just for confidence, we take the research and the science 
and we translate it into practical, actionable things you can do to increase your ability to influence and inspire those around you. And they're not complicated things. They're, they're not necessarily hard things. It is hard changing our behavior. But these are simple things that we can all do to, say, build our confidence. And, and we go through examples, and we tell stories in the book. And a lot of the stories are, are failure stories where we learn to lead through making mistakes and through um, failures. You know, that's one thing that the military did give us was the opportunity to try and to make mistakes. Some people, unfortunately, don't get that opportunity. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm following here. With confidence, you said there's four ways to help build your confidence. Can we just run yeah. through those again real quick? Because I, I have a feeling I missed one. Sure. Oh, sure. So experience your success. Uh, pat okay. yourself on the back. Yep. Uh, develop those positive self-appraisals. So don't be your worst critic. Be an advocate for yourself. Okay. Surround yourself with some positive role models. That's one. That's Find two. a... I'm sorry? So is that one and two combined? No. So experience your success is number one. Yep. So number two is develop those positive self-appraisals. Number three is surround yourself with positive role models. Find some good counsel, if you will. And then number four is manage those confidence-killing emotions. Okay. And those are four easy, simple things that we can all do to build our confidence. Now, again, changing our behavior can be difficult. We can all do it. We can all do those simple little things to, for instance, build our confidence. That sounds like a good plan. And you're right. There are small things. And even if you just start with one out of the four, hopefully the success exactly. will, will carry over and you can build more confidence. Now, some of our yeah. listeners are in startup mode. And the one thing that I really right. admire about future entrepreneurs and people in the startup mode is this deep confidence they have in their product and service, and especially the folks that are out there that are going to disrupt markets. You know, they have something radically right. new and they're excited and they're pushing forward. The challenge for entrepreneurs is that their 1.0 version usually goes through several versions. And so their ride exactly. is like a roller coaster, up, down, up, down. And especially when they're small and they don't have, you know, these multi-billion dollar sales or anything like that, it's really hard right. to maintain confidence. So sometimes they hear you got to fake it till you make it. And so, you know, they're busy printing up the pens and all of that kind of stuff, and they haven't even had their first sale yet. <laughs> so what's right. your thoughts about right. the fake it till you make it mentality? Well, you know, again, these leadership behaviors that we talk about in Spark are very easy for folks to do. You know, back to my time in the military, you know, the military didn't pay things like bonuses or stock options. So the military relied on leadership. And I would think that to a certain extent, being in a startup is that same way. You've got to influence and inspire people to give their blood, sweat, and tears to your cause. And, you know, you're going to make mistakes, whether it's product iterations or maybe we started down this path and we need to change direction. I, I think that all of those leadership behaviors are, are the kinds of things that are going to influence and inspire the folks in your organization to stick with it, to make that impact. So what I'm hearing is just keep on keeping on. Yeah, but, but again, I think it goes back to 
behavior-based leadership and not things like money or stock options or, uh, you know, other kind of flash-in-the-pan type things. You know, the other thing that we tend not to realize in our society is that a lot of the people who've had the biggest successes have also had some of the most spectacular failures. And they have a knack for being able to recover from failures. And again, it's, it's leadership. It's being able to convince people that you've got a vision for where you're going to take this organization or this product or this procedure. Um, and it's those kinds of things that I think will keep people going in the absence of, you know, some of the other materialistic things in our society that we may tend to attribute to success. Got you. What advice do you have for small businesses when it comes to identifying sparks in their organization? Because they want the people that will help grow their business, not the sparks that will burn it down. Exactly. And I think the thing to do is just to democratize leadership. And that just means that at all levels of organization, whether it's a huge Fortune 500 company or even a little teeny startup, we should have that focus, that mentality that, you know, we need leaders at all levels. We need the person who might be at the bottom of our organization to demonstrate leadership behaviors. We need the people in charge to develop leadership behaviors. And that's why we really wrote Spark. Again, these are easy, basic things that we can all do to influence and inspire and raise performance. You know, if you think about the organizations that do perform the highest, they're the ones that have leaders at all levels. They're the ones where people are giving lots of growth-oriented, empowering feedback to one another. You know, and I like to say that feedback is information used as the basis for improvement. And for instance, the more we can get that information flowing in our organization, the higher we can pull our performance. So you know, while it might sound basic, it is in a lot of ways. It's a basic concept that if we have leaders at all levels, we really can drive very high performance in our organization. I hear what you're saying, and you're right. It sounds very basic, very fundamental. Why have so few organizations embraced it on a critical mass level? Why is it the exception rather than the norm? I think there are a lot of misconceptions about leadership. Such and as? those misconceptions are deeply uh, rooted in our society. You know, people think that you have to have a title. You have to be a supervisor or a vice president or a CEO to be a leader. We also tend to assume that when you get to a certain level in an organization, maybe it is that supervisory role. Maybe it is the manager or the vice president. We tend to assume a fluency with leadership. Again, I benefited so much from my time in the military. I, again, I consider myself an accidental leader. I didn't join the military knowing much about leadership, but boy, I learned a lot. And most people just haven't had that opportunity. Uh, those misconceptions of leadership about leadership being a title or a position are just rooted in, in our society. And it's, it's tough when people aren't exposed to different ways of doing things. Those things kind of, they don't, they just keep perpetuating themselves. And again, that's why we wrote Spark, because these are easy things that we can all do to drive performance. 
What would you want listeners to take away from your book? If they were to go out and get it, and like I said, we're going to have the link to it on businessconfidentialradio.com, and they, they have your book, what would be the one thing that you'd want them to take away from your book? I, the one thing I'd like them to take away from our book is that we can all be better leaders. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your position is. You know, you can be a leader in your family. You can be a leader in your community. You can be a leader in your organization. And I would just like to open people's eyes to the fact that you have the ability to do these things. You have the ability to make a difference. And it's difficult in that changing our behavior is difficult. But we tell the stories. We try to give lots of examples and stories in the book that will help people see our failures and maybe see themselves and how they can implement these kinds of concepts to make a difference, whether it is in their family or their community or their organization. You know, again, I think one of the misconceptions of leadership is that leadership is this big, huge thing and, and, oh, I can't do leadership. Leadership is very simple things that we can do to influence and inspire those around us. Do you have a favorite story from the book that you could share with us? You know, I think my favorite story from the book was I was debriefing a mission, an F-16 mission when I was in training. And I, it was my first flight in the F-16. I ended up riding in the back seat with a kind of a crusty old major. Well, I, I really didn't know what was going on. I was brand new to the F-16. I was brand new to F-16 training. But I thought, I'll just sit in the back and I'll observe and I'll just try and be a sponge and absorb what I can. Well, after the debrief, after the, the major talked to the other pilots and, and went through their performance, he said, Lynch, you need to stay. And he kind of got on me about why weren't you asking questions? Why weren't you uh, talking? Why weren't you trying to participate? And I said, sir, I said, I really don't know what's going on. And he basically just said, Lynch, the Air Force doesn't owe you anything and get a haircut. Get out of here. And that was one of those moments where I could have said, who is this guy? You know, to yell at me on my first flight in the F-16. And instead, what I did is I said, you know, he's probably right. I probably should have taken a little bit more active role in this mission. I probably should have reached out to him or to the other pilots. And, you know, again, it's those little things. It's kind of our reactions to things. We like to respond, but a lot of times if we react, it's not influencing and inspiring. And so I took away a lesson, a lesson from that, that, you know, I need to step up my own performance. I need to be proactive. And, and again, I learned something from that gentleman. Very good, because there would be a lot of people who would just sulk in the corner and not do anything. So kudos to you for right. turning that, those lemons into lemonade. Exactly. And we can all do stuff like that. All right. Very good. I'm just curious. You have a really interesting background having served our country in the United States Air Force, now doing this leadership development work. What have been sparks in your career, besides this crusty major, <laughs> what have influenced yeah, yeah, yeah. your decisions and, and your, your path and outlook on life? 
and career? You know, I, th- I think there's been a few. A- as I wade further and further into leadership development and study more and learn about theories and, and try to make the theories actionable, you know, I think that uh, I-, I look back on people in my life who maybe tried to point out those little things and tried to help me be maybe a little bit more intentional. There was a, a gentleman, a squadron commander in the Air Force, who I was kind of disappointed that he was getting out of the Air Force. And I expressed that to him, and he said, you know, you need to figure out what's important to you, and you need to find a job that allows you to do that. And those kinds of little things, that, that was tremendous clarity for me. I, I think we all have this innate ability to influence and inspire. Sometimes we get so fast-paced and hustle-bustle and, and, and we're just going from one thing to, the, to another that we don't take a second and take a deep breath and pull the lens back on ourselves to be intentional. One thing that I like to say is so much of leadership development is just learning to respond Again, our, our society, our culture, our technology keeps going faster and faster and faster. And sometimes we need to take that deep breath to pause and to respond rather than react. And I've been the benefit of several people who've given me those little moments that when I reflected on them, I thought, wow, it didn't sound like much at the time, but it really had a big impact on me. Very interesting. So it's really helpful to take time to reflect in order to be intentional. Oh, yes. Do you set exactly. aside time you think during, about... during every day to do that? Or, or what's your reflection time? I, I try to do that. We all should probably do that more. We should do more thinking. I, I like to take a walk and just think about things. Again, we kind of get in the hustle bustle of deadlines or other people's priorities. And we tend not to be strategic. And we really need to be able to pull the lens back on our behavior, pull the lens back on what we're doing as individuals, where we're going as individuals. And it's hard. Again, you know, what does our society tell us about how we become more and more and more productive? It's to work harder, work faster, stay connected to the Internet or to your cell phone, your email, even more. And yet we really need to kind of slow down sometimes and, and reflect because otherwise we just get in this, this fast-paced loop where we're not intentional. And before you know it, maybe it's hours, days, weeks, months, years go by. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you wonder, you know, what, why am I doing what I'm doing? And there's a certain exactly. dissatisfaction. And, you know, this is, that's a whole other podcast topic. <laughs> Exactly. But, but, you know, one thing that we like to talk about in leadership is intentional action. So whether it's being intentional with your behavior, um, leadership is about being intentional. Very good. Very good. Well, there you have it. Be intentional and check out Spark for sure. Like I said, we'll have the link on the website that is businessconfidentialradio.com. All right. Any parting thoughts before we close? No, again, I just like to hammer home that we can all be better leaders. We can all be better. We can all be leaders in our role. 
And if you want to bring your organization to the next level, a lot of times you can't do what got you here. You need to do something different. And a lot of times that difference is leadership. Leadership. Unlock it at all levels of your organization. Look for it when you're looking for startup partners. And actually, I would say any kind of business partnership, whether that is a supplier, what is a, a client, it's a lot more fun with people that have leadership skills. So thank you so much for your time, Sean. This has been great and appreciate that you have put this collective wisdom into a book that people can read and reread for inspiration. Thanks for your leadership. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me today. You can get more information about today's guest and the show notes on our website, businessconfidentialradio.com. And connect with me on social media. I'd love to hear from you and stay in touch. Next week, Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hazel Kelchner will be back with more business information and inside scoop you need to succeed in your business. Till then.